Praise the Lord. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to take a moment and share with you, actually, a reminder for our church and your guest here today. We are so glad that you are here, especially if this is your first time. And we want to give all of our first-time guests a live church welcome right now. Let's make everybody feel welcome in the house of the Lord. Thank you for coming. Praise God. We're just honored to have you here today. And we trust that you'll find the presence of God to be real and filling and uh, a great, bring a great peace into your life. As you know, this is the last Sunday of February. It means we're getting into springtime. And the homie's ready for winter to be over. Ready for warm weather to come. It's coming quick. And uh, that's something else we're going to put on the prayer card. Good weather. That's right. Not so we can get suntans, but so we can get that building up. Hallelujah. And we're going into a season we're calling Wonderful Sundays. Everybody say, Wonderful Sundays. Everybody just give me one finger like this. It's the one God finger. There you go. Amen. That's. That's the one we're talking about. Amen. We're talking about one God, one Father, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Amen. One Lord who is above all and through us all and in us all. Can you say thank the Lord for one God? Thank the Lord for one God. That's the greatest truth in all of the Bible. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And so Wonderful Sundays is a celebration of His oneness. It's also a celebration of and reaching out for one precious soul. One precious soul. And we're going to start this Easter Sunday, which is four weeks from today. Can you believe it? Easter's early this year, March the 27th. And uh, that's going to kick off Wonderful Sunday. And we have a goal, and I'm going to tell you more about that in just a minute. I've got, in fact, Brother Gary Morgan's going to help me in just a minute to talk to you about this. So we're going to kick off Wonderful Sundays on Easter Sunday. We're asking the Lord for 600 precious souls. And then the next Sunday, which is April 3rd, Brother David McKimmy is going to be with us, and we're going to have after Easter celebration, an after Easter event. And we're going to invite back everyone that's with us on Easter Sunday to come back and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We're going to focus on that. We believe God's going to pour out His Spirit on that Sunday. There's a potential for 40 or 50 people to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost on April 3rd. Can you clap your hands to the Lord and thank Him for that? Oh, yeah, at least 40 or 50 has been asked by the Lord, and He has empowered us to do it, to be what Brother Mahaney called when he was with us, a guest evangelist. He said, we're an Obed-Edom church. An Obed-Edom church, that means a place that God can trust with His presence. It means a place where healing waters flow. It means a place where people can lay down their addictions and lay down their pain and where oil and wine can be poured into their spirit. Amen. This church believes in redemption. I need to have some good, strong amens right now. We believe in redemption. We believe in restoration. And we believe in renewal. Praise God. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Churches with religious spirits don't have redemption, they don't have restoration, and they don't have renewal. Churches with pharisaical, self-righteous spirits do not have redemption, they do not have restoration, they don't have renewal. And if I'm going to make a mistake, 
I'm going to make it on the side of redemption. I'm going to make it on the side of mercy. I made mistakes on the side of mercy, and guess what? I'm going to make more. Amen. I'm going to keep making them until Jesus comes. God, help me to not make mistakes on the side of judgment, but I've done a few of those too. But this is a Obed-Edom church. You know when the prodigal son came back? And he said, I just, I just want to be a servant. What did his father say? Well, that's good enough for you. The way you behaved. No. He said, you're my son. You're my son. He restored him to his position. You're not going to sit with the servants. You're going to sit with my kids. That's restoration. Then what did he do? He put a ring on his hand. That was his insignia of authority. He gave him his position back. He gave him his authority back. You are my son and you are over the hired hands of this house. And then he put a robe around him. The best robe, the Bible said. That's a type of holiness. He gave him his holiness back. The Bible said as many as are baptized into Christ are robed with Christ. They put on Christ. That's the Bible word. They put on Christ. Everybody say put on. Amen. Everybody needs to put on Christ. So he got his, his holiness back, which is the righteousness of Jesus Christ in us. And he put shoes on his feet. He got his walk back. Amen. He got his walk at the Father's house, and walking in relationship with the Father. See, the, we call it the story of the prodigal son. It's really the story of the two prodigal sons. The only difference is one never left the house. Are you listening to me? So we believe in redemption. We believe in renewal. We believe in restoration. And the day you stop believing in that, let me know because I'm leaving. Because that's what you did for me. That's what you did for me. You embraced a broken down preacher, and I was. And probably will be again sometime. But it was the grace of God and you loving us and, and, and praying for us and believing in us is what brought us back to having a desire again to do something special for the Lord. So that dynamic is here, and we're going to give that to this community. And you know what? The Lord is already stirring up those that are spiritually discouraged. Amen. He's already stirring them up. Amen. People that have just been beaten down, people that have got discouraged, they're already coming back to church. Hallelujah. They're already coming back to the house of God. Friends, it's already happened. We're not waiting for April 3rd and 4th and 10th and the 17th. Oh, no. It's already happening. Amen. It's happening here today. It's happening here today. I guarantee you there are 500 people in this city that are spiritually discouraged that used to call the Life Church their church. I guarantee you there's 500. So I want you to pray about it with me. Lord, we call our sons and daughters from the north and from the south and from the east and from the west. And we command the devil to lose his hold. And we command the bitterness to go away. And we command a spirit of forgiveness to come into their hearts so that their eyes can be washed with tears and their hearts can be healed and cleansed again. We ask it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It's already happening. Praise God. It's not because I'm speaking it. It's because God wants it, and I'm just speaking what He wants. Praise God. Amen. There's one change. Brother McKimmy is not going to be with us on the 10th. There's a preacher by the name of Stan Gleason who's going to be with us on the 10th. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And, and the Lord has already dealt with my heart about what, I'm supposed to, what we're supposed to do on that Sunday. But anyway, I want you to be here Monday the 4th for a vision casting service for restoration, renewal, recovery. And that special service, the focus service will be April the 17th. That's uh, three weeks after Easter Sunday. And friend, that's not going to be the end of it. It's going to continue and go on and on and on and on. And then in May, the month of May, May the 8th, and May the 15th, which takes us up to Pentecost Sunday, we're going to have Brother Jonathan Suber with us. And in fact, we're going to go Sunday and Monday, May 8th and 9th, and then we're going to go to the 15th with Brother Jonathan Suber. That will be Pentecost Sunday. And we cast a vision uh, a year ago, last August 1st, that we would see a hundred souls be filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name, and God has already given us 45. No, 55. We got 60. We only got 40 more to go, and God's going to exceed that because he will do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Amen. I was thinking we had 45 left to go, and uh, now we only got 40. Praise God. Everybody say 40 in Jesus' name. Amen. God's going to do it in his name, and I believe it's going to happen by May 15th. Praise God. I believe in setting goals. I believe putting dates on it. And I believe in speaking it. You know, somebody told me the other day, said, Brother Gleason, I remember when you hung that sign over the church that said, Permission 250. Some of you remember that? That probably didn't make any sense to any of us, but it was what the Lord spoke to me. He said, I give you permission to ask me for 250 souls. God gave us 250, and then he said, ask me for 300, and God's given us 300, hallelujah. And now he's given us permission for 400. Praise God. Souls, souls, precious souls. Amen. So this is where we're going. I want Brother Gary Morgans to come up here. I love him. Worship him like you believe that. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Praise the Lord. I'm going to direct your attention for a few minutes to the word of the Lord as found in the book of Acts chapter 13. And uh, it's just kind of all happening here today, everything. Amen. We've already had at least one altar call, I, I guess you could say. We had God filled somebody with the Holy Ghost for the first time. we got Brother Paul back here today. He's on the front row. Right? Right? Praying back through, encouraging the Lord. Amen. God's already doing restoration and renewal. Hallelujah. He's already doing it. So, we got to be out of here in 50 minutes. But I got a message. And if we don't have time for the altar call, then we'll go out in the parking lot. Hallelujah. But we've, God's already blessing and He's already touching lives. But I just have to come behind this youth week. And I just, my heart is so full. From God's word to us. And so let me get into it. Acts 13, 1. Acts 13, 1. There was in the church that was at Antioch. Everybody say Antioch. Certain prophets and teachers. Like Barnabas. Simeon. That was called Niger. Lucius of Cyrene. And Manaen, Which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. 
And, oh, don't forget this guy named Saul. He was the last on the list. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them, and they sent them away. My message to you today is entitled, There is an Antioch in Kansas City. There's an Antioch church in Kansas City. And you may be seated. Praise God. I don't have any time to taxi out to the runway. I don't have any time for drum rolls today. I've got to get right into it. Praise God. A church has very something very special when they have two things. Unity and prayer. A church has something very, very special when they have unity, when they are together and they are focused on the same thing and they have a heart for the same purpose and they are serving one another and they love one another and they care about one another. That's unity. And when they have prayer, and I want you to see this in Acts chapter 4, verse 31. This is the church in its infancy and there were religious spirits that were trying to intimidate the new Christian believers and threatened to throw them in prison and, and to beat them and so on. In Acts chapter 4, verse 31, I want to notice several words. And when they, everybody say they. That means everybody there. They, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they, everybody say they, were assembled together, say together. And they were all filled, say all filled, with the Holy Ghost and spoke the word of God with boldness. That's all we need for revival right there. We get together in one place and pray to the place where we're praying is shaken and we all get filled with the Holy Ghost. We'll run out of that place and speak the word of God everywhere we go and we'll speak it with boldness. Verse 32, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart. Everybody say one heart. Say one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed with his own. Everybody said they didn't have territories. Brother Cisco talked about that last week. They did not have territorial spirits. They didn't say this is my place, this is mine, you can't have it. No, they were giving, they were serving, they were helping. They were trying to do whatever they could to help other people. And they had all things common. Everybody say all things. And great and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all if you were here last Saturday night if you weren't here you missed it but we got the next best thing and that's a tape raise your hand sister Cindy she has been so faithful to make many I think she's got enough tapes for every family in this church but she's not coming to you you got to go to her and get it, all right? We want you to go get that tape. Listen to me. If this is your home church and you were not here Saturday, you've got to hear this message. In 17 years nearly of pastoring this church, there's never been a more significant, integral message to the history and the future of this church that is presented to us than what Brother Cisco gave us. Everybody said, that's right. That's right. Now, the Bible said that great grace was upon them. And I'm not going to preach Brother Cisco's message, but I had to come back to this. In fact, 
I was going to show you a video today of Brother Matt Maddox, and, and we're going to show that in, in sometime in March. But uh, I, I, have to, I have to come back to this. Young people, we're still having youth week. Hallelujah. Amen. I said, I said we're still having youth week. Amen. It's already stretched out to youth two weeks. And it's going to be youth month. And that's going to be youth year. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's still going on. Praise the Lord. I can't preach what he preached. I couldn't add anything to it. But I'm coming behind it. I'm coming alongside it. In fact, if you realize it or not, many of the things that he said, we've already spoken to this church. And that's the way the ministry ought to work. There ought to be a, a witness of two or three. And there ought to be a confirming word. But great grace was upon them all. And the word all is the key word for great grace comes on a church when they are all praying and when they have all things common and when they all love each other and when they all believe in each other. Amen. That's when great grace comes. Great grace comes when all the believers have no territorial spirits. There are no religious spirits. There is no hypocrisy. There is no self-righteousness. Amen. Great grace comes when we believe in each other, when we believe in our God, when we believe in our purpose, when we're praying together, and we have all things common. Can you say praise the Lord? The Lord impressed me this morning with this passage. It seems like an interlude in the message, but it has every, very much to do with what I'm sharing with you. This is Psalm 1. I haven't prayed this passage in a long time, and it came to me like a Holy Ghost 10-ton truck. When am I blessed? Can you put it up there? Psalm 1-1. When am I blessed? I'm going to tell you when you're blessed. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. You got it? Psalm 1-1. I'm blessed when I do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. I'm blessed when I don't listen to ungodly counsel. I'm blessed when I don't listen to wicked counsel. I'm blessed when I don't give my ear to rebellious counsel. Amen. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. Hallelujah. I'm blessed when I don't go out of my way to fellowship with sinners. I'm blessed when I don't go out of my way to let my spirit be polluted with sinners. He's not saying that I can't walk with sinners. He's not saying that I can't talk to sinners. He's not saying that we can't uh, have an exchange with sinners. How are we going to reach the world if we don't reach out and love people? But he's saying we can have the smell of the field, but we don't have to partake of the field. Amen. When we come back into the house of God, we can have the smell of the field with us in the house of the Lord, but we're not going to go out of our way to partake of the way that sinners walk that's how I'm blessed and I'm blessed when I don't sit in the seat of the scornful amen I, I, got, I got to show this I got to show it to you I got to show it to you amen I need uh, come here brother Ken come here I'm blessed when I don't sit in the seat of the scornful Brother Ken, I want you to just start pointing your finger at me, get a mean old nasty look on your face, and start telling me bad things. Just whisper, just whisper. Just anime, that's right. I'm blessed when I don't... Come on, get, get mad, scornful. See? The Bible says I'm blessed. No, don't smile, get mad. Come on, you're worthless. Come on. Come on, pointing finger, getting mad, scornful. Come on, let me have it. See? Don't say anything, just make... Just, just whisper, just... 
Just give me your mind. That's it. That's it. That's what I want. The Bible says I'm blessed. Let them see your face over there. Don't get, don't. Bible says I'm blessed when I don't sit in the seat of the scornful. I'm not sitting there. I'm not, you sit in there. I'm not going to listen to that stuff. Amen. I'm not going to let anybody talk negative about the Word of God. I'm not going to sit in the seat of the scornful and let anybody speak negatively about my church, about any brother or sister in the church, about any kind of a situation in the church. I'm not going to sit in the seat of the scornful. And I'm blessed. Hallelujah. I'm favored if I won't do that. Woo! But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Friend, that will bring unity to a church when we all listen to the same thing, when we all speak the same thing, when we're all praying the same thing, when we all get in the presence of God together like we are today. That's what brings unity to a church. Amen. Just unity. Working together. Obeying the will of God. Flowing together. Helping each other. Encouraging each other. Supporting each other. Amen. The Bible says in Acts 13, the text that we read to you, that there was a man in the church in Antioch named Barnabas. And Brother Sisko preached marvelously about Barnabas, and his original name was Joseph, and they surnamed him, and his surname means uh, son of consolation. What a thing to be, to have a reputation for. Amen. To be called the son of consolation. That means the son, the person with a consoling spirit. The person that has a redemptive spirit. Do you know people that they can just, just when they start talking, you automatically go into sponge mode and you just start soaking it up. Because their words are like healing. Their words are like a medicine. It's not flattery. Flattery doesn't heal anybody. It's, it's, it's spoken in, in the fear of God. But it's edification to the body of Christ. And Barnabas... I want you to know how significant Barnabas was. He played a leading role in the stability of the early church. When the early church was being persecuted and when people were coming against them and when James had been slain with the sword and and when Peter had been thrown in prison and many new believers were fearful, what's going to happen to us? Is Jesus going to forsake us? The Bible says that Barnabas stepped up. Barnabas was a man of resource. The Bible indicates that he was a wealthy landowner. And when the church was unsteady, and when people were getting discouraged, Barnabas stepped up, and he sold his possessions, and he poured out the price of those possessions at the apostles' feet. And you know what that did? That opened the door Amen. That unleashed a chain reaction of people that said, you know what? If Barnabas, if Barnabas believes in this thing, I believe in it. Amen. If, if Barnabas is going to put it on the line, I'm going to put it on the line. And whether you know it or not, Barnabas was one of the most powerful stabilizing forces in the early church. In fact, when you first read the scriptures, even in the, the passage that we read in Acts chapter 13, the Bible said, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, not Saul and Barnabas, but Barnabas and Saul. Barnabas was a leading figure even at the church of Antioch. Saul had been rejected. Saul had been put on the back burner, as it were, because of the Judaizers and the people that were fearful of his previous reputation. They were not going to give him ownership and the leadership of the church. That's why the leaders and the prophets and the teachers, Saul was last on the totem pole. But notice Saul's attitude. He just kept teaching. He kept operating in his gift. 
He was mentored by Barnabas. Barnabas would take him aside. Barnabas would stabilize him. Barnabas taught him. Barnabas took him. They went on a missionary journey together. And he mentored him and he spoke into him. Amen. Until finally, eventually, Saul's ministry became the Apostle Paul. Hallelujah. Amen. There was a powerful ministry that was birthed because there was a man who had a mentoring spirit and who came alongside a young man that had a passion and a zeal. Yeah, he might have lacked some wisdom, but little did Barnabas know that someday Saul would become known as arguably the greatest apostle of the New Testament era and that he would write two-thirds of the New Testament under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost I'm talking about there's an Antioch in Kansas City praise God praise God I, I, I don't have time to, 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 to get into to all that I want to share with you today but suffice it to say everybody say together the believers in the early church were together. And if there's anything worth fighting for, it's unity. Can I have a better amen? If there's anything worth fighting for, it's unity. The devil can't destroy the church. No situation can destroy the church. The only thing, in fact, nothing can destroy the church. The only thing that can destroy a local congregation is when we fuss and cuss and we fight and we devour and we mumble and we grumble and we complain and we groan. That's how God sends us back out into the wilderness. And I thank God that there is unity in this house today. But it comes at a price. It comes on purpose. Hallelujah. Seventy-five times in the book of Acts through the book of Jude, the Bible said that the believers were together. Amen. Everybody say together. They were heirs together. They assembled together. They were comforted together. They edified themselves together. They were knit together. They were quickened together. They were followers together. They would strive together. They were joined together. They were built together. They were framed together. They were raised together. They were yoked together. They were workers together. They were helping together. They were coming together. They were tempered together. They were laborers together. They were perfectly joined together. They were glorified together. They were planted together. They went up to worship together. They believed together. Hallelujah. Oh, and if we're faithful, the Bible said, we shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. If you want to be a part of that number, we got to stay together. Amen. If we want to be caught up together, we got to stay together. Hallelujah. In one mind, in one spirit, and one accord. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm starting out a little bit slow here, but I'm in the Holy Ghost. When Brother Cisco was here, I don't remember what night it was. I believe it was Saturday night. He said that in a vision he saw three principalities converge in Kansas City. Am I a witness? Did he say that? He asked us after church, he said, what three states are common with Missouri? on this side of the state. I wasn't sure if it was Missouri, Kansas, and Iowa, or if it was Missouri, Kansas, and Nebraska. So we looked at the map, and it's Missouri, Kansas, and Nebraska. These three states have common borders. And the Lord allowed Brother Cisco to see three principalities. A principality is a spiritual wickedness. It's a demonic force in a high place. 
Now, how many knows we don't talk a lot about this? We believe in it, but I don't understand it all. I know what's going on, but the Lord's helping us. So there were three principalities that converged in Kansas City. And I believe I know why they're here, or were here. I don't know if, if Demon Nebraska is back in Nebraska now, and if Devil Kansas is back in Kansas, and if Devil Missouri is back on the seat of wherever he is supposed to belong, but I know the kingdom of darkness is organized, and there are principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness and rulers of the darkness of this world. Those are graduated levels of authority. And he said there were three principalities that would be like a governor in the spirit in the dark world. The demonic governors of Nebraska, Missouri, and Kansas came to see what was going on in this church. I don't know if you've given it another thought, but I've been thinking a lot about it. And you know what? That, make, that gets me excited. Let me tell you why. Because the Bible says that when Lucifer fell out of heaven, that one-third of the angels were cast out of heaven with him. Angels are curious. The Bible says in Hebrews that the angels of God desire to look in to the spiritual things of the kingdom of God. They are curious. There are angels of God that come to that are ministers to the heirs of salvation. And if you are under the prayer covering and if you are under authority, I believe that you've got your own angel. Brother Stone King's talked about that. In fact, your own angel probably looks a whole lot like you. And the reason we know that is from Acts chapter 12 when Rhoda was knocking on the door and they were praying for Peter to come out of prison and she opened the door and she saw him and she went back and said, Peter's here. They said, no, you've seen his angel. All right. So the angels are curious. Now these fallen angels are now demons. They're devils. But they're still curious. I said they're still curious. And there's been activity that's been going on in the spirit for a long time here in the heartland of America. I need you to help me right now. I need you to get the amen factor going right now. The devil is stirred up. The kingdom of hell is on alert. There's a high red level warning in the kingdom of hell. The buzzer's going up. And, and, and. We better get some principalities over to Kansas City. We got to see what's going on. Oh my God. Heaven help us. Hell help us. All heaven's breaking loose. We got we to find out what's going on. I'll tell you what's going on. There's a revival. There's a move of God. There are apostles and prophets that God is raising up. There are prophets for ministries uh, that God is raising up. Uh, we're stepping into the deep waters uh, of a sovereign move of God and the devil don't like it. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God, I'm telling you, he don't like it. I asked my wife for permission for this. I've shared with you and she gets embarrassed so don't give her any glory for this, but the Lord wakes her up often in the night to pray. And she was awakened, I think it was Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. And I won't give you all the details, but she was visited by, a, by, a, by an evil presence. And this spirit told her something. That, and I'm just going to tell you just a little bit of what it said. It said, uh, I'm after one of your kids. 
said, you're not going to be able to defeat me in this one area and not pay a price in another area. I'm going to take your kid down. And my wife, something rose up in her and said, no, you're not. I command you to take your dirty, rotten, stinking hands off. No, you're not going to take my kid. She said, I send you out of this place. I send you out of this house. I'm talking about spiritual warfare. For we have the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I'm telling you, the spirit world is stirred up. If there ever was a time to pray, it's time to pray. If there ever was a time to fast, it's time to fast. If there ever was a time to get rid of your carnal spirit, it's now. It's time to get into the spirit of things and what God is wanting to do. I'm going to finish it off. I'm going to finish it off. I talked to you earlier today. When Brother Arcovio was with us, that summer in August when we were back in the horse barn, you guess that sounds so funny, but that's where we were worshiping. And he prophesied some things, and God spoke to us, and you may not remember it, but I will never forget it because it changed my life. He said, he was way on that one side of the church, and he raised his hand. He said, Brother Gleason, raise your hands. He said, God has given you the ministry of an apostle. If you think that inflates my ego, you're nuts. But two months later, and I don't know that a district superintendent is an apostle. I think he can be. Just because he elected as a superintendent doesn't mean they're an apostle, but I think he can be. But an apostle has authority over a jurisdiction. And the, an apostle has the, the power of God to open up works uh, and to release ministries uh, and to take an, a geographical area. And two months later, the minister of fellowship of this district asked me to be their district superintendent. But I got to tell you, any church that's a revival church, you find an apostolic mega church and you've got an apostle that's leading that church. I'm giving you biblical government right now, but you got to understand it to go where we're going to go. Hallelujah. And to do what we got to do. Praise God. I'm in the Holy Ghost today. So when that, so when that devil said, I'm going to wipe out one of your kids, and my wife said, no, you're not. And she shared that with me a couple of days later. She meditated and thought about it. She shared it with me. The next time I got into my season of prayer and I was lit of God, I said, devil, it's not enough for you to get out of Kansas City. I'm commanding you to leave Missouri. I'm commanding you to get out of this place. If I'm an apostle, if I'm any kind of man of God, if i got any authority, I'm telling you to leave. Now, here's the good news. If you're under authority, the authority that's on that man will also be on you. You've got power to tread upon scorpions and serpents. You've got power to take authority over all manner of disease and sickness. Woo! Come on, somebody needs to say, devil, take your hands off my kids. Take your hands off my family. I command you to go. Woo! I command you to take your hands off of my finances. I command you to get out of my house. Oh. Woo. Come on, there's war in the heavenlies. There's war in the heavenlies. There's things going on in the spirit. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's right, we have authority. We have authority, hallelujah. Amen, the principalities have come. They're curious. They want to know what's going on. I'll tell them what's going on. The name of Jesus is going on. The blood of Jesus is going on. The one God, apostolic tongue, dark and holy rollers are going on. That's what's going on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. God has not given us the spirit of fear. Amen. I rebuke fear. You don't have to be afraid of this. Amen. We don't have to worry about this. The devils aren't here because they can stop it. They're here because they want to know what they can do about it. But I got news for them. They can't do anything about it. Amen. What the Lord has purchased with his blood. What's been authorized by his name. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. They can't stop it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated. I'm glad there's an Antioch in Kansas City. There's an Antioch church. Amen. There's been a shift. There was a shift in the New Testament. The, 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 the epicenter of revival for the first 10 or 15 years was Jerusalem. But the Stone King told us that by the end of the first century, there were some 50,000 believers in Jerusalem. That's a mega church. That's powerful. No wonder they'd fill Jerusalem with their doctrine. But there was a shift in the spirit from Jerusalem up to Antioch. Antioch, not Jerusalem, is the model for where God wants to take the church today. I'm not taking anything away from Jerusalem. Jerusalem, which is above, is the mother of us all. It was the precious city that gave birth to the apostolic church. Amen. That's where the Pentecostal spirit of Pentecost was first poured out. Hallelujah. Amen. How many have received that spirit of Pentecost? Hallelujah. Come on, wave your hand at me. Shake your hand at me. If God's ever filled you with the Holy Ghost. But later on in the book of Acts, the Bible says that Paul and Barnabas waxed bold in verse 46 of Acts 13. Acts 13, 46 said it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. That means in Jerusalem. But seeing that you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were deigned to eternal life believed, and the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. Antioch was the first missionary church. Antioch was the first truly integrated multicultural church. Antioch was a regional church. How many heard the word of the Lord last weekend? When under the spirit of prophecy, the man of God said that this church is supposed to be, if we're not already, and is going to be a regional church. Regional. I said regional. You say, well, that ain't going to happen. It's already happened. For four years, we had at least one of our members drive in from St. Louis. For, what is it, two years or three years, two and a half years, we've had seven or eight families drive 85 miles one way from Topeka, Kansas. Here's... A dear sister today, God filled her with the Holy Ghost. She drove 60 miles. You say, well, well, what's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. God's got hungry people. God's got hungry people. And they're going to be coming from everywhere. 
We might be a tri-state church. I don't know. There might be people come moving in here. If God can do something in Brownsville, and I believe he did, and if God can do something in Smithton, and I believe he did, I'm not going to take anything away from it. It's about time that the Jesus name, one God people realize that there is a sweeping regional, even a worldwide revival that can sweep out from under the altar like a mighty river in Kansas City and go up the Missouri River and baptize the three-state area in revival. Woo! Glory to God. Everybody said, help me, Jesus. Amen. Please stand with me. I didn't get to preach my whole message, but what I want you to get, I want you to embrace the vision. I want you to embrace that word that Brother Cisco gave us. You've got to listen to the tape. You've got to listen to it. In fact, when you listen to it, I'd prefer that you not be in your car. If that's the only place you've got time, then do it there. I'd prefer that you get in a prayer closet somewhere. I prefer that you get sit your family down and say, look, we should have been at church, so we're going to hear the word of the Lord right now. And leave time for prayer. And let it get into your spirit. I want us to accept. Would you? Would you with me? Let's accept our assignment. We're going to be a vanguard church. We're going to be a regional church. We're going to be an apostolic church. Amen. 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 We're going to be a multicultural church. A church for all people, for all kindreds, for all tongues, for all tribes. I didn't even have time to talk to you about that, but Antioch was. It was the first multicultural church. There are two men mentioned in there that were leaders in the church uh, that were African men. Amen. They were embraced. They were recognized. Uh, we've got to be the church that represents what heaven looks like. And heaven's going to look like all kinds of people from all kinds of kindreds and all kinds of tribes and all kinds of nations speaking all kinds of languages. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Would you lift your hands to the Lord and say, Lord, we embrace the idea. We get the concept. We understand it. We're willing to be bigger than ourselves. We're willing to be bigger than just a little church in Kansas City. Lord, we, we're willing to be an Antioch. We're willing to follow the model of the Antioch church, to be a regional church. Lord, to be a church that's bigger than its borders, to be a church that's bigger than its boundaries, to be a church that's bigger than any one individual or any one ministry. We embrace it. Come on, lift up a voice to the Lord. You know what this means, don't you? It means you got to pick up your ministry. It means you got to pick up your prayer life. It means it's time for you to start pushing the plate away and start fasting and seeking God with all your heart. It means it's time to start bringing people to the house of the Lord where God can meet their needs. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's clap our hands to the Lord right now. Come on, there's war in the heavenlies. Come on, let's go into spiritual warfare right now. Come on, somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. God, we're claiming our city. Lord, we're going to take our city. Lord, we command our sons and daughters. We command the crack houses. We command, Lord, the spirits that control the bars. Lord, in the whole houses of this city, Lord, we speak over those places and we command those spirits to loose hold of the souls that are hungry and that are searching and that are reaching for the truth and for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We speak it in the name of Jesus. We speak it in the name of Jesus. We speak it in the name of Jesus. In your time, I want you to be bold. In your prayer time, I want you to be active. In your prayer time, I want you to speak big prayers. Amen. Thank you, Brother Randy. Thank you. Amen. In our prayer time, we need to speak big prayers.
Yeah, amen. Brother Randy said when we said 700, that's wrong. It's 7,000. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's all right. He's been having the first altar call every Sunday for the last two months. That's all right. Glory, 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 glory. <laughs> That's right. Come on. Something can be born in the Holy Ghost right now. It can be born in the Holy Ghost. It can be born in the Holy Ghost. Oh. 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 <laughs> Come on, I want you to pray in the Spirit. Take somebody's hand, put your arm around somebody. I want you to start praying in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit. Say, God, we're gonna, we accept this challenge. We're going to be an Antioch church. We're going to be a church for all people. We're going to be a multicultural church. We're going to be a regional church. We're going to raise up prophets and teachers. Lord, we're going to raise up evangelists and apostles, Lord. And we're going to equip them, and we're going to train them, and we're going to send them out. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to be a church that's bigger than ourselves. We're going to be a church that's going to have far-reaching effect. The rippling effect of this revival is going to touch our nation. The rippling effect of this revival is going to touch our world. It's going to spawn greatness. It's going to attract young men. It's going to raise up young missionaries. Hallelujah. They're going to go out and reach their communities with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Oh, Come on, that's what we need. We need Holy Ghost and fire. We need Holy Ghost and fire. Don't let the devil throw a wet blanket on your revival. Don't let anybody stop you from getting in the presence of God right now. Oh, there's a missionary spirit here right now. There's an evangelism spirit right now. God, God is directing somebody's prayer right now. Somebody is breaking through right now. Somebody is tearing down a stronghold right now. Hallelujah. Somebody is, through their prayer, God is setting the captive three. Through your prayer, God is, is breaking the bands of wickedness. He's letting the oppressed go free. He's breaking every yoke. Hallelujah. Oh, 
Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's right, that's breakthrough. Amen, that's breakthrough, that's breakthrough, that's breakthrough, that's breakthrough. That's right. Amen, weep for your children, weep for your grandchildren. Amen, pray over your friends at school. Say, God, I don't want them to be lost. I command the principality of Missouri or of Kansas or Nebraska to break his hold. We command him to lose his grip. We command him to give up the souls of this tri-state area. Let there be revival in every church. Let there be a move of God in every city. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen. Please listen. Please listen. I wish we could go in about a one-hour powerful prayer meeting. I wish we could. I wish we could. I felt like the Holy Ghost spoke to me about 90 seconds ago. If you've got a map, if you've got a map of Missouri, or if you've got a road atlas, I want you to open it up. And I want you to lay it down on the floor and get down on your hands and knees. And you start praying over Missouri and Kansas and Nebraska. I want you to pray over every county, pray over every city. We don't know any of these people. If you know a church, say, God, give them revival. And we're going to accept this. We're going to accept this. And we're going to do it in prayer. We're going to do it in prayer. Hallelujah. There are dry churches. There's dead churches. There are churches that haven't had revival in over 100 years. There's denominations that had revival in this area 100 years ago, and they haven't had it. And we need to just pray that God will baptize them in revival and revelation and understanding. Hallelujah. Amen. I want you to get out your maps. Start tonight. Get out your maps. Get on the floor and start praying over them. Hallelujah. And, and don't quit. Hallelujah. Isn't that powerful? Amen. That's what being a regional church is all about. It's taking responsibility for the region. And we're going to drive out the powers of darkness. And we're going to send out the rulers of the darkness. And we're going to light the match of the gospel and the truth. And we're going to send it out. Amen. We don't have time to pray. We've got to go. Shake somebody's hand and say, I expect you to be out of here in 11 minutes. In Jesus' name.